podcasting from Hartford, you're listening to the Connecticut Scoreboard Podcast, your place for all things Connecticut sports. And here is your host, Jared Cutler. So, CJ, I guess the best place to get started it here, and this is what I like to do with everyone who comes on the podcast, you've been with the, the Norwich uh, minor league baseball team here for quite some time. Why don't you, for those who might not be as familiar with you, why don't you just take us through your career path a little bit and how you ended up joining the team here in Norwich? Yeah, no, I appreciate it, Jared. Thanks for having me on here. Uh, this will actually even be my 20, I think my 25th year in minor league baseball, so uh, 2020. Started out as an intern in 1995 in the Expos organization uh, for the Vermont Expos in New York Penn League. And then uh, learned a ton that internship year. And then uh, a couple years later, became the assistant GM in uh, March of 97. And then uh, was named their GM uh, of the Vermont Expos in June of 2000. And then at that point, I think I was the youngest GM in the country. I was 25 years old. And then uh, was their GM for 10 years. And then after 2009 season, is when I decided I was looking for a new challenge. And that's when I got a call from uh, Miles Prentice, uh, the owner of our baseball team, the managing partner. And uh, he asked if I'd be interested in coming to Connecticut and help uh, relocate the franchise. So that was, uh, that was late 2009, early 2010. And that was the start of my uh, baseball career in Connecticut. So you talk about being uh, a GM of a team at, at 25 years old. What was that like for, from your perspective? You know, at such a young age, you know, being a GM of a minor league team. Yeah, uh, well, it was a ton of fun, but it was also uh, really nerve-wracking and very scary all at the same time. So it was, uh, you know, it was just a great challenge. And, uh, you know, the owner at the time, Ray Pecor, was a tremendous individual. He basically handed me the keys to the kingdom and said, here you go. And, uh, you know, so he gave me a ton of freedom to uh, to explore and, and learn and uh, learn how to run a business and learn how to run a minor league baseball team and uh, entertain fans and uh, try crazy stuff uh, and deal with the media and uh, sell sponsorships. And so just a, a great, great uh, learning experience. And can't thank those guys enough. I was with those guys for a total of 14 seasons, including my internship. So it's, uh, you know, you, you learned a lot. And uh, that facility was actually the oldest ballpark in minor league baseball. So the field itself was built in 1906 and uh, the current structure was built in 1922. And so, Going from uh, a facility like that to Dodd Stadium, uh, which seats over, you know, 6,500 people, has 18 luxury suites, a uh, huge parking lot. It's just a much different facility. From when you started in baseball, I, I think you said going on 25 years now, how has the sport changed from, from when you started to, to where it is today? And what are some of those big differences in the, in the way the game is? Great question. Uh, I think the biggest thing and one of the most challenging things now uh, is actually getting fans uh, to the stadium um, and actually marketing the franchise itself. Uh, that's probably our, our, our number one challenge is, uh, you know, how do you advertise and how do you market? How do you get the word out uh, to, for people to come and enjoy a night out at Dodge Stadium in Norwich? Uh, when I was with the ball club in Burlington, Vermont, you know, back in the 90s and 2000s, you know, it was really kind of before, you know, the Internet was used. Uh, it was really before smartphones. Uh, and so, you know, it was, it was a little simpler. I mean, you'd, you'd buy uh, ads on radio stations and, and people would listen to the radio uh, in their in their house, in their cars. And, uh, and then you buy newspaper print ads, you know, not really digital ads at that point. It was just print ads. And um, and you take out some TV spots still. And so you'd advertise on, on network TV and some cable here or there. And. And those are kind of the, you know, the way to help get the word out besides word of mouth. And 
uh, now it's, you know, we constantly battle, you know, in our office on a daily basis on figuring out how to get people to the ballpark and, and how do we advertise uh, our experience and our team. Part, part of the thing I, I have to guess in advertising the team was something that, that you guys undertook this past year, and that was rebranding the team. Can you talk a bit about, you know, what got you motivated to go through that rebranding process uh, and then maybe talk about how that all went down? Yeah, uh, we ended up uh, uh, launching with our new name and logo of the North Sea Unicorn. So that took place on uh, Thursday, December 5th. Uh, so it's still relatively new for us. Uh, the feedback has been tremendous. Uh, obviously, social media is uh, really, really good to get instant feedback from your fans, uh, both positive and negative feedback. We obviously, we like all of it. Um, and it's also, you know, allows us and creates, uh, you know, conversations, you know, conversations within our fans and within fan groups and, and, and us being able to communicate to them, but also us observing in terms of how they're communicating with each other, uh, which is extremely powerful. You know, you can't get that off of the, an ad that you buy on the radio or a TV spot that you might uh, uh, buy on cable. Um, and, you know, I think that the rebrand was something that uh, was a natural fit for us. When we got into the market in 2010, uh, we didn't get into this, into Dodge Stadium until uh, April 1st. So on April Fool's Day, which is very apropos, <laughs> which was a, a ton of fun. So we were actually we ended up, uh, we were working at the Holiday Inn for a month and a half or so before we were able to get the keys to the ballpark and we got in there April 1st. And then at that point we were just, uh, you know, on full acceleration trying to get a franchise launched everything from hiring full-time staff, to game day staff to figuring out what are we going to serve in concessions. And so the first year uh, we knew that we were going to kind of call ourselves the Connecticut Tigers. And then after that second, after, prior to the second year, you know, we thought that we were eventually going to rebrand. And then uh, that's when we realized that, Hey, we should keep the Tigers name here for a while. And, uh, and just re reinforce to our fans that we're not going anywhere and that we're, uh, we're going to be here for the, for the long haul. Uh, because at that point uh, we were the third team and the third different name in that facility in a short period of time that, uh, you know, that facility opened up in 1995 for the Yankees, for their double a club. Uh, they were called the Norwich navigators. Uh, then after that, the, uh, the Yankees left, uh, they decided to change the name from the navigators to Connecticut defenders. San Francisco giants came in. Uh, and then from there, uh, San Francisco Giants left to relocate to Richmond. And then uh, we we got in there in 2010 and became the Connecticut Tigers. And so, you know, we didn't want to confuse the fans too much and have an, another name, a new name, only our second year into the market as well. What, what has the feedback been like so far to the new name? Uh, I know you talked to, about the, the brutal honesty of social media. How, how's it been from your perspective and <laughs> what you guys are seeing? Uh, well, I mean, it's been it's, – Literally, it's been a ton of fun for us to read, you know, because uh, the different platforms have different feedback. Uh, you know, Facebook tends to, we've noticed, tends to skew a little uh, towards the older fan. Uh, you know, they tend to have uh, uh, not, they don't really like it as much, uh, where Twitter and uh, Instagram uh, tends to be a little younger. And, and uh, we definitely get a lot more positive reaction on, on those platforms. I think from a, you know, from a merchandise sales standpoint, it's been tremendous. Uh, we've now sold merchandise in over 40 states in the U.S. Uh, we're still selling a ton of merchandise. Uh, you know, we're getting emails uh, from people that uh, that love the name. They aren't baseball fans, but they're fans of uh, of narwhals, and uh, you know, the, which is the unicorn of the sea. And so uh, it kind of goes hand in hand. And uh, so I think people uh, 
are excited about it and it's created a lot of buzz not only locally in the you know the Norwich and southeastern Connecticut community and throughout the state of Connecticut but also for a, you know from a national basis as well you talk about the national reach that, that this has had and I, I think this is a nice segue into one of the other big issues facing uh, the team and that's major league baseball's proposal that's been floating around out there about listing uh, some teams to, to be eliminated. And the Norwich Sea Unicorns were on that list. It, you know, can you talk about that proposal that, that Major League Baseball has put out there and the impact that that might have on your team? Yeah, it's, uh, it's very alarming. Uh, you, know, you know, we're supposedly one of, one of 42 teams across the country that are on this list uh, that basically Major League Baseball wants to eliminate, which is uh, basically about 25% of the uh, minor league baseball teams across the country. So this is definitely a larger than a, a Norwich, Connecticut issue or a, a Northeast uh, issue or even a New York Penn League issue, which is the league that we play in. Uh, it's a national issue. Uh, you know, basically, the, the, the long and short of it is, is uh, the agreement between Major League Baseball and Minor League Baseball expires after the 2020 season, I believe, towards the end of September. And uh, so basically, we're in the process of uh, negotiating a new a new contract, a new agreement uh, between minor league baseball and major league baseball, and it is still very early in the uh, in the process. Uh, but you know what is concerning is that uh, you know they want to eliminate 42 teams across the country, and that means that uh, they'd eliminate the teams that have a major impact on the community. Uh, they have a major impact on the, uh, the municipalities that actually help pay for and fund and invest the money in those facilities because most of them are owned uh, and operated by. Uh, cities or counties or states uh so it has a, it has a, an impact on millions and millions and millions of people uh so it's still very early on uh in the negotiation phase you know one thing that we do know is uh we're obviously going to be here for 2020 our hope and plan is that we're going to be here for much longer than that yeah uh, in august august 1st of the of this of 2019 we signed uh, a 10-year lease with the city of norwich and so, uh, you know, our intentions are uh, we're planning on being in, in Connecticut and at Doc Stadium for at least 10 more years, if not longer. How, how do you respond to, to Major League Baseball's argument that the elimination of these teams, you know, will allow for higher salaries for players? It'll decrease the amount of travel they're doing. You know, they'll have teams that are in uh, closer proximity to some of the Major League affiliates. How do you respond and say that there there are benefits to having a team here here in Norwich and what you guys are doing at the New York Penn League level? Yeah, yeah, the facility that we play that we play in is outstanding. You know, the the facility is actually a Double A facility. It was built in 1995 uh, for the Yankees for Double A baseball. Uh, so, uh, and we're single A short season, so we we start in June and wrap up in uh, late August or early September. So, uh, you know, we play 76 games in 80 days. Uh, so it's a, a lot of baseball and it's quick, uh, you know, but our facility, you know, is designed for for double A uh, baseball. Uh, the other advantage that we have is, uh, you know, we're, we're really close uh, to two major airports. So traveling to and from is extremely easy. You know, you can fly out of uh, uh, TF Green, you can fly out of Hartford. Uh, and we're also kind of smack dab in the middle of uh, two major media markets with uh, with New York City and Boston. So. Uh, you know, we have a we have a great facility. Uh, we have an indoor batting cage. Uh, we have an indoor weight room. Uh, we have uh, you know 18 luxury suites. Uh, the city of Norwich uh, this past summer uh, installed brand new LED field lights uh, for our players for a field, uh, which is great from an energy stand standpoint, great from an environmental standpoint, 
And it's really good from a baseball standpoint because it's much brighter and easier for the guys to see the ball. They're in the process right now of getting ready to install brand new uh, heating uh, and air conditioning uh, ventilation units in both clubhouses for both the home and away, which is strictly 100% for players' comfort. Uh, so the facility itself is in great shape, and uh, the city of Norwich has already invested money into continuing to upgrade uh, and uh, repair the existing ballpark. So, uh, yeah, so it's, I'm not sure where it's coming from. You, you talk about Norwich investing in this stadium, uh, you know, whether it's through the LED lighting or some of the other efforts you put in outside of the obvious and that that would be having no team in the city. What impact do you think losing the team w- would have on the, on the Norwich community? Uh, well, I think it'd be devastating. I mean, not only would you have a, a ballpark that would literally be uh, sitting idle, uh, it would basically be, wouldn't be used. Um, you know, we also do a tremendous amount uh, from a community uh, relations standpoint. You know, we, since 2010, since we got into the market, uh, we've we've donated over $1.6 million to uh, local charities, you know, whether it be through monetary donations, charitable and kind giving, uh, to offering up Dodge Stadium to be used uh, for uh, events, for chamber events, for Rita for Life Walks. Uh, you know, there's a ton of stuff that our, our facility gets used for besides just 38 Tigers are now seeing a Corn's home games. You know, uh, you know, this past year alone in 2019, you know, we've donated we donated uh, 136 thousand dollars to the local community. Uh, we we've also donated. Uh, you know, in the past 10 years, $55,000 to a local food pantry uh, in Norwich. You know, so those are the things that, you know, wouldn't happen uh, if there's not a minor league baseball team. Uh, this doesn't even take into account uh, all the businesses that uh, are, are impacted if we, if we leave. Everything from hotel, hotels that we use for our, our team and for the visiting team to uh, restaurants, uh, uh, to tax bases, uh, to the city of Norwich to all the people that we employ, we employ about 150 people uh, when we're in season. And those, everything from uh, high school kids that might be their first job working on concession stands to people that are ushers to working in our press box. So we have a major impact on the community and uh, you know, that would all be gone. Talk a bit about uh, some of the political help and support that, that you guys have gotten. I, I know Senator Blumenthal was with you recently and, and he, even he commented that, during today's day and age, he was actually able to get Democrats and Republicans together all agreeing on something. And this is something that's impacting teams across the country. How important has that political support been to, to help get, uh, you know, get this out there for you guys? Uh, the political support and support that we've uh, received has been tremendous. Uh, everything from uh, Senator Blumenthal, you know, we, he had a special press conference held for us in the city of Norwich on uh, Friday, December 27th. Uh, I mean, that was huge. I mean, that got us a ton of national publicity. Uh, it really, I think, opened up a lot of people's eyes that, uh, you know, baseball is important to this country and baseball is important to the community. And uh, again, it's not just for Norwich. You know, it's, it's for it, all the baseball teams across all the communities because, uh, you know, it might just be 42 teams on this list right now, but there's no saying that it could be more more teams on the road here. So I think having Senator Blumenthal support us is great. You know, Joe Courtney was one of the first people to help step up uh, to bat for us. Uh, you know, he was one, he was one of 106 uh, congressmen and women to sign a letter that went to uh, the commissioner of baseball. Uh, our our own mayor in, in uh, Norwich, uh, Peter Nystrom, he's been instrumental. Uh, you know, he's definitely helping us lead the charge here. 
uh, Governor Lamont, you know, he sent a letter to uh, Rob Manfred, the commissioner, uh, and there's a response to that letter back to uh, Governor Lamont. So, I mean, it's been, uh, you know, really, really tremendous in terms of the response uh, at the, from a, our local representatives and congressmen and women to our national representatives. Uh, and it's, you know, it's definitely they're, they're all going to bat for us and uh, they're definitely the all star team. Absolutely. So, CJ, we're, we're, we're all keeping our, our fingers crossed and hoping that, that we'll have baseball in, in Norwich well past uh, 2020. But uh, I want to wrap things up on a bit of a lighter note and uh, give sure. you a couple uh, quick hitting questions. Uh, you know, baseball is known for the food. What is your favorite ballpark food item? <laughs> like mine personally? Yeah. Oh, uh, well, I mean, obviously a, a good hot dog is, uh, is obviously the, go, the go-to staple. You know, hot dog maybe topped off with a Pepsi or if it's a, you know, hot summer night, maybe topped off with a nice craft beer. You know, that's one thing that we have at, at Dodd Stadium is uh, uh, we definitely, you know, invest and in, in like to give our fans, uh, you know, all sorts of different options for beverages. And, uh, you know, so we do, we, have, we do a ton of local uh, Connecticut craft beer. We actually have a stand that's called the Hop Corner. So instead of the hot corner, which is you know normally third base, it's called the hop H O P corner, and uh, so we got great beer there. Uh, so I think probably the standard is uh, you know hot dog, but we also are lucky enough to have uh, Phillies, which is a, a Norwich, Connecticut staple, which is uh, a Philly cheesesteak, and uh, they were rated as, as having one of the best sandwiches on uh, uh, tra- I think it's the Travel Channel, and uh, so we have those guys in the ballpark, uh, which are phenomenal. Uh, so that's one of my favorites. And then uh, occasionally, since I'm from Vermont, I like to wash it down with uh, Ben & Jerry's, which we have Ben & Jerry's ice cream at Dodge Stadium, too. So got to go with, uh, you know, cookie cookie dough on that one, I think. There you go. Got, got the full mix of food there. And, and <laughs> I'll get you out of here on this one. Minor League Baseball in particular is known for having some pretty interesting promotions. Uh, throughout your time in Minor League Baseball, what's been the favorite promotion of yours that you've been associated with? Uh, I would say uh, probably it was one when I was with the the ball club in Vermont. Uh, it was back in 2003. Uh, we were we were the worst team in all of baseball, and uh, so we started out as 0 and 8 uh, to start our season in June. And uh, so uh, that's when I was still as my third year, I think third or fourth year as GM. And uh, you know, just trying to stir excitement, especially early in the season, you want to make sure that that uh, you know people are coming out to the ballpark and they know that the team's back in town and. And us being 0-8, you know, we weren't off to a great start. And so what I did was uh, I had our media relations director, Paul Stanfield, put out a press release on a Friday. And uh, it was like Friday afternoon. And uh, the, head, the headline of the press release was Expo's GM Dreams of a Victory. And uh, so it goes on to state that uh, I would vow to sleep in the dugout starting the next night if the Expo's uh, lost. And uh, sure enough, we uh, – we lost that next night, and we lost again, and we lost again, and we lost again, and and uh, with each loss, we'd add more members of our front office staff. And uh, so the first night when I was by myself, I uh, you know rolled out a little cot, so I had a little cot. I was in the first base dugout, and uh, it's summertime, and and mind you, this is the oldest ballpark in the country, and there's a cemetery in right field, and all sorts of weird noises are going. You can hear light towers creaking and cracking, and then. Uh, so I started falling asleep. Then all of a sudden I was startled about, you know, 15 minutes into my slumber. And I, uh, I woke up and less than a foot away from my head was this large skunk that happened to be running on the rail to duck out. So I didn't, uh, didn't sleep that night. 
bunch of birds came in at like 4.30 in the morning, 5 in the morning as the sun was coming up. And I went home, showered, went to work. And uh, it was like that for about uh, seven long nights. And then uh, eventually uh, got so much publicity that the TV cameras were watching us sleep. So it was kind of like our own reality TV show. <laughs> I had the live cams going, yeah. Live cams going. People were delivering us uh uh, you know, coffee in the morning and newspapers. And then uh, I think the highlight is probably when I was doing a, an interview with the NPR, all things considered about me sleeping in the dugout. So it, it went, it went global. The BBC picked up on it and it was just a ton of fun and uh, it rallied our fans. And uh, that's what minor league baseball is about. At the end of the day, that's the number one thing. It's minor league baseball is about fun. Uh, nothing else. You know, it's about, having a great night out as an affordable entertainment option for family in a safe environment and, and doing good for the community that uh, houses it. Absolutely. CJ, I uh, really appreciate the time. Uh, hope everyone listening out there uh, goes and stocks up on some uh, new Norwich Sea Unicorns gear and uh, checks out a game uh, this coming summer. Uh, we can only dream of baseball right now in the, in the heart of winter, but it, it'll be back here uh, before we know it. So CJ, thanks again for your time. We really appreciate it. You got it, Jared. We'll see you at Dodge Stadium this uh, Sunday, June 21st. Open your day. Thanks for listening to the Connecticut Scoreboard Podcast with Jared Cutler. If you like the show and want to know more, check out the podcast on Twitter at CT Scoreboard Pod, the host at Jared Cutler, and find us on Facebook at the Connecticut Scoreboard Podcast. Finally, if you enjoy what you're listening to, rate and review us on iTunes. Thanks again for listening.